This is the Manufacturing Report. I'm Scott Paul. So what we've seen is we've seen an increase in the amount of imports since since uh, President Trump made these promises and uh, lacking the actual action by, by President Trump, this is actually hurting. Last year, President Trump won the industrial states of Ohio and Pennsylvania in large part because he promised a different path on trade and to look out for America's steelworkers. Uh, just as recently as April, President Trump promised to deliver relief to America's steelworkers from imports that are threatening our national security. Uh, and he promised to deliver speedy relief as well. Here's what he said about it in early June. We're here today to talk about rebuilding our nation's infrastructure. Isn't it about time? Spending money all over the world, except here. We don't spend our money here. We spend it all over. And we'll do it using American labor, American energy, American iron, aluminum, and steel. <laughs> Roughly 60% of United States grain exports travel down these waterways to the Gulf. More than half of all the American steel is produced within 250 miles of where we're standing right now, and its production depends on the inland waterway system. And wait till you see what I'm going to do for steel and for your steel companies. We're going to stop the dumping and stop all of these wonderful other countries from coming in and killing our companies and our workers. You'll be seeing that very soon. The steel folks are going to be very happy. The Trump administration set a self-imposed deadline of July 1st for action on these steel imports. Now, that day has come and gone, and there is still no relief for America's steelworkers. Meanwhile, steel imports have risen by a dramatic 21 percent because countries are getting their imports in before they think action is going to occur. The inaction is causing a real problem for America's steelworkers, which is why a large group of steelworkers are coming to Washington, D.C. to try to shake things loose. I'll be speaking with two of them as they prepare to meet with their lawmakers and administration officials this week. That's next on The Manufacturing Report. Let's get started. And joining me now is Billy McCall, who is at the United States Steel Gary Works Local 1066 for the United Steelworkers. Billy, thanks for joining us on the Manufacturing Report. No problem. I enjoy it. That's great. So you're coming to, to D.C. You're going to be roaming the halls of Congress. Um, uh, what's the message that you're going to be delivering? Obviously, the impact on foreign trade into the United States and foreign dumping unfair trade uh, is causing my industry a lot of a lot of suffrage and you know with the with the national security investigation I think it gives us an opportunity to talk about other things that might not normally be highlighted so for instance it seems that a lot of the conversation with national security has to do with ships and planes and that sort of thing but in fact, our national security is the American family. So that's the point I want to get across to them. I like the way you phrase that, I will say, because 
Uh, you know, we don't have like a steel mill that just exclusively supplies the Navy or the Air Force. I mean, they're in commercial business. Two, what have you seen in Northwest Indiana, which is the largest steel producing region in the country? Uh, what's been the impact of these imports on, on jobs and families there? Oh, it's, it's deep. And U.S. Steel is more than 100 years old and has a long history with Americana, I would say. And so the impact on the region, northwest Indiana, is very deep. One steelworker probably is about seven other jobs in the community. I mean, that's your barber, your doctor, your grocer. And so one steelworker job uh, impacts deep the region. Um, And then overall, the state of Indiana. And then to the United States of America. So, I mean, it's a chain, but it starts uh, and ends with the American family. It, it sure does. And I know a lot of those families were really interested when Donald Trump last year was talking about trade and he was talking about steel and he was uh, making promises to have a different trade policy uh, to look out for our steel workers. I mean, I imagine a lot of a lot of your members heard that and said uh, things are going to change. I totally believe that uh, a good portion of my membership believed in his message and expect him to to follow through with with the things that he promised, not just hit the the people who voted for him, but for everybody else as well. In in the last two years, just through attrition, which is another major thing in in the American industry right now, the old guard retiring, the new guard coming in, um, we're losing a lot of knowledge and and and. In two years, I've had 200 people trit out with very little replacement. And so if you go back to that other statistic, that's 200 times seven. That goes into jobs in the region. And so so the impact, there are real numbers to all those impacts. You know, you guys come up with those a lot better than I can. But uh, the, the impact is deep. It, it, it sure is. And, and so, you know, so people know where we're talking about. The, the region is northwest Indiana. It's right across the border from Chicago. Let me ask you, you know, the, the average wage in, in your mill has got to be a really good one, like a family supporting job. It, is there any other job maybe outside of BP where, where, where someone coming out of high school, maybe with a little training, is going to be able to earn a decent wage in that region? Or are they going to have to move somewhere else? Absolutely not. They're, they're won't, they will have to move somewhere else. They're, that, that is the crux of this. I mean, this region uh, is, is really the major industrial hub of the United States of America. Uh, you have oil refineries, chemical plants, steel mills, uh, aluminum down 65. Industry in northwest Indiana is American industry. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's very devastating what is happening with aluminum, rubber, glass, steel. Um, and it's about time that the people that we put in office to uh, protect us do such. I think that uh, that message needs to be heard. You know, but I'll say, you know, a lot of people have have written you off. You know, they're like, steel is the past. You know, we don't need to be doing this anymore. You know, let's get into artificial intelligence and all all this other stuff. Um, They probably haven't stepped foot in a steel mill. They look a lot different than they did a long time ago. But uh, but but obviously you think there's a future in steel. 
they're being very innovative in steel right now. We uh, are manufacturers of high-strength steels that are light gauge that go into, you know, automotive that is going to help lower the weights of, of vehicles uh, and give better strength and stability. I mean, there's steel is still innovative. There are new ideas out there on how to make it um, more efficiently and to have a better product that serves you know, purposes within the within other manufacturing base. It's I encourage folks to to get out and see a mill because it it will totally change your mind. Uh, about, yeah, if you uh, go through a hot strip mill, if you watch a slab turn into a coil, it's an amazing feat. It's unbelievable, and those pulpits look like mission control uh, in a lot of different ways. It's a, it's it's really a stunning thing. So you know, if if you have a chance to speak to your representatives, to speak to your senators, uh, Todd Young and uh, Joe Donnelly, uh, what 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 are you what are you going to ask them to do? Well, thank God, you know, I have a senator like Joe Donnelly who is you know open door policy, and I get to talk to him on a pretty regular basis. I know in the rest of America it's not like that, but in Northwest Indiana we have Pete Visklowski and Senator Joe Donnelly uh, who are very open. Uh, but once again, I would, I would just highlight that, yes, uh, planes, ships, submarines, all of those things are, are a part of national security. So too are our bridges, buildings, roadways, but more so the American family. And I believe, you know, I don't... I don't want to use the negative catchphrase of terrorism, but uh, the American family is being terrorized in terms of their jobs and being able to support themselves and America. And our jobs are being exported uh, at an astronomical rate, and we need it to stop. Yeah, I know some people. Some people are afraid that you know Joe Donnelly's policies or what Trump says he's going to do are going to somehow start a trade war. I always point out we've been in one for a long time, yeah, and, and we haven't been, been pushing we've back. We've been in a war with China, uh, and and I mean many other major countries, uh, but we seem to our government seems to turn a blind eye to it uh, for businesses to, you know, capitalism to to survive, but. Uh, man, if I can't buy the car that we're making because I don't have a job, I, I just don't get their logic. Neither do I. I. I'm glad you're getting up there on the Hill, uh, talking to the administration, telling them to deliver on their promise, uh, and wish you the best of luck, Billy. All right. Thank you, Scott. You bet. So Billy represents the finished end of the steelmaking process in Gary, Indiana, and there's a long supply chain in the steel industry. Uh, it starts way up in the Iron Range of Minnesota, where steel workers mine taconite and iron ore, which are the key ingredients in the steelmaking process. We'll hear from one of those communities next. And I'm also pleased to be joined by Cliff Toby. Cliff is a steel worker at the U.S. Steel uh, Taconite plants on Minnesota's Iron Range, uh, which is also the home of Bob Dylan. Uh, and Cliff is going to be up on Capitol Hill uh, and meeting with the administration about steel imports, their impact on employment and national security. Cliff, thanks for joining us on the Manufacturing Report today. Glad to be with you. So tell us, uh, what's been the impact of, of imports uh, on the folks who work on the Iron Range? And, and also, how is the Iron Range connected to steel production? Basically, we've, we've been through a pretty tough last couple of years 
Um, we've had a lot of sh- lot of uh, plant shutdowns, uh, layoffs. Matter of fact, my plant uh, we just got up and running after about a twenty month shutdown. Uh, very very hard on our, on our members and on their families. Uh, we are connected uh, to the steel industry because we we produce and provide. Uh, taconite pellets, which is actually low-grade iron ore, which is one of the main ingredients in, in making steel. So uh, we're directly connected and directly affected. And I know up on the range, it's a pretty rural area, beautiful. I've been privileged to be up there in, in uh, Virginia, Minnesota a few years ago for, for a big rally. Um, lots of hockey fans, uh, lots of ice fishermen. But I imagine there's not a lot of jobs up on the range that, that are middle-income jobs that someone can get into. So if these mills uh, or, or if these, these facilities uh, cut back, uh, it probably has a really big impact on the community. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as to say that mining is the only game in town, but I would say it was the main main game in town. You know, these are good family-sustaining jobs. Um, these, these are jobs that you can work at, have a career, and, you know, hopefully someday, if, you know, by God's grace, you can retire and, and you know, live out your, your golden years. Uh, we're seeing a lot of these, or a lot less of these jobs, you know, over the years we've had uh, the old LPV mining uh, shut down, I think there was about 15 or 1,800 uh, workers lost their jobs. We've also lost, uh, we had a plant down the road from us. uh, It was an old uh, Butler taconite plant, and and that shut down as well. Uh, A lot of jobs lost. Anytime the industry, you're in a basic industry like this that, you know, seems like it's forever under attack by by these, you know, illegal imports, you know, it's just a, it's just a constant battle. Yeah. So, so I want you to dispel a myth for me, if you can. You know, there's a lot of people here in Washington D.C. that say, "Oh, trade doesn't have any impact on jobs." Sure, there's a few winners and losers, but it all evens out, and we're all better off. Uh, it's the automation and the robots that we really have to to to, to watch out for. Tell me, from the Iron Range, uh, what is uh, causing these these job losses and uncertainty? Well, it's absolutely it's a it's a import issue. Um, you know, over the years, everybody gets better when it comes to automation, when it comes to machinery, when it comes to better ways of doing things. And there may be a small impact on on the number of jobs you have, but the the big numbers, the the big big numbers of of jobs that that we've lost up here have been purely because of uh, you know imports and because of trade. It's it's not an issue of. of you know, they were able to do it out with, with less people. So now, you know, you're, you're out 1,800 jobs. I mean, automation is always going to have an impact on things, but it's a small impact compared to what the trade is. Yeah, I think it's important. I mean, we're talking about this issue now and this, this Section 232 review because President Trump, Trump, President Trump said he would do something to protect America's steel workers and, and, and we'd have a different ball game on trade. I imagine there were a whole lot of workers on the range who heard that and said, regardless of their politics, was like, all right, it's about time. Um, you know, do you, do you think uh, the president is going to deliver on his promise or what, what is it going to take? Because so far, you know, he hasn't done it. You know, a, a lot of my members, many of my members uh, who have been historically Democrat uh, have, have voted for, for President Trump. Uh, mainly because of, of what he said about trade and about uh, you know American steel workers, 
Um, the flip side of that, uh, as you may well know, is that you know once you come out and you say that you're going to stop these imports, these other countries seem to fire up their their manufacturing and their exporting, and they ship about everything they can get off their docks over here. So what we've seen is we've seen an increase in the amount of imports since since uh, President Trump made these promises and. Uh, lacking the actual action by by President Trump, this is actually hurting us. I really do hope that that the president, you know, stands by his word and that he does it, you know, relatively quickly because um, we're actually, you know, we're actually seeing a, an increase, and that's that's not good for for the steel industry here in, in, in you know the United States. No, it's not. I mean, the, the statistics are pretty daunting. Yeah, twenty one percent increase uh, since April when uh, the president announced that he was going to do that, but. But he hadn't hadn't delayed. So, so look, you're going to be rubbing shoulders with a, a bunch of uh, highly paid lobbyists. You know, they're wearing fancy suits. They have Rolex watches, and uh, you know, they go to these members fundraisers. Uh, you know, you're you're a guy from Minnesota who works on the the range and uh, who makes an honest living. What gives you some confidence that your that your voice is going to be heard by by these members and senators and uh, by by the administration? You know, all, all we can really hope is that, you know, we're, we're the people in the trenches. You know, we're the ones that lives are directly affected by these decisions. And all we can hope is that we can, you know, find some, some of our legislators in Washington who have a, an open ear and an open mind to, to our plight. And that, you know, put America first, I guess you would say, because, uh, you know, we, we haven't seen that, you know, a lot in the past. And, and you know, we're hoping that we, we get some... Um, you know, some traction while we're there. Well, Cliff, uh, if anyone can do it, it's going to be you and your colleagues. Uh, we're glad to have you in town, and we wish you the best of luck as you head up to Capitol Hill. We thank you. And that will do it for the Manufacturing Report for this week. If you'd like to get involved and urge the Trump administration to keep its promise on trade, you can go to our website, AmericanManufacturing.org, and take action. You can also check out past episodes of this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud, and you can join the conversation with us on our Facebook page, American Manufacturing. I want to thank the great teams at E18 and AAM, as well as Cliff and Billy, for making this episode possible. Thanks again for joining us, and see you next week. Together, we can keep it made in America.